and you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here again with Mandy Johnson. Hey. And we are wrapping up Joshua today. Yeah. This is this is it for old Joshy. Well, okay, again, spoiler alert, he gone. Whoosh. <laughs> Unfortunately, God is not willing to bury him himself like he did for Moses. So mm. he just has to like, he just has to roll with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Well, that's okay. Moses was really special. Yeah, there you go. So we start out with this, I, I think, pretty intriguing, uh, epic misunderstanding. <laughs> so these these tribes, uh, these Eastern tribes, they're building a memorial that's apparently quite large. Uh, and the other tribes of Israel are like, whoa. What is going on over there? So they like put together this whole delegation, uh, led by the the priests. Right? Is it led by? Does Eliezer go with them? Um, uh, Phineas. Mm-hmm. Phineas goes with them, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're pretty worked up because they're like, oh my goodness, like they are over there building this huge memorial, pride of worship God in the wrong spot yeah. or worship other gods, and they're very terrified because they don't want to be punished for worshiping the wrong thing. Right. So it's pretty interesting. It is. There is this, um, I mean, if you're into like weird literature stuff, which I bet Chelsea would be into this. Shoot. She's really missing. There's like this, there's like this V shape to this short little story. If you listen to it, it's like, what is this? Then they explain it. Then they talk about how it's going to be like, it's actually okay. Because it's actually just a memorial to like make sure that everybody remembers that they were all one tribe, even though they're on the other side of the river, they're all one people. Mm -hmm. And then it goes back to like, Oh, okay, that's okay. So that's, this is why it's okay. And then they name it. So it's kind of interesting that how it develops. And it's a little bit of a standalone story, actually. Yeah. Well, I think a couple things about it that when I was reading it, I was thinking like, I was trying to find the word they used when they were building it because it wasn't obnoxious, but whatever the word was they used was kind of like that. They're building this just giant altar. It's apparently giant because this is not like, this, they're not like neighbors. Right. Like, like they live in like a huge area of land. Yeah. And it's big enough that like, it's, it's the talk of the nation. It is. It's the talk of the nation. So what I love though, is when they come and confront them, mm-hmm. um, the people's response is so honest. And they say to, they say back like, Hey, if we're doing something wrong, then let our fate be one that like we get wiped out. Like, so basically it made me think this, like when we're doing things, um, we're going to be wrongly accused. A lot of times people are going to misunderstand our intentions. We're going to have all this stuff, but what do we normally do when someone misunderstands our intentions? We get defensive, right? Stew on it. We stew. Oh, okay. Sorry. Personally, Ryan, what do you do when someone misunderstands you? And weeks and months. (laughs) And I think sometimes we have all these like knee jerk reactions of like, how dare you even accuse me? Like all of a sudden we're offended. Like how dare you even think badly of me? And these people were so much like, Hey, if there is even a dark place in my heart, then strike me down. They were so confident in They're what they were doing. They're very confident, yeah. And I think that that's something really to think about. Like, whatever you're doing with your life, you should be so confident mm-hmm. that what you're doing is the right thing, like, that makes sense for you and your life and what's the, it's what God's telling you. You should be so confident in that if, that if someone accuses you of something, you don't have to get defensive. Um, you don't have to be, like, take it personally. You can just say, like, hey— if there's some dark corners, then let God deal with me because I'm literally here with the purest of motives. Like, let us be people that have the purest of motives. That's kind of like what I saw from this story, which I thought was cool. The other thing I think is really cool is is the idea of building memorials. Like, we we have memorials 
in so many places today, why? Why do we have them? To remember stuff. Okay. Yeah, to remember, but also it brings people together that normally wouldn't be brought together. Like, it reminds us of what's important. And that was the whole point of this memorial was like, hey, we want our people to know that they're allowed to worship God too. You don't have the corner market on God. So let this memorial be a reminder. And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, you right, you right. Yeah, your people can worship God too, you know? And so I think like... I love that that they're doing this for future generations because they know their propensity to A, forget things that are true, and B, to go at war with each other. It's like, that's kind of what they've done that's their the whole thing. Life. We're going to see that happen too. Oh, man. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, also, an interesting thing, I was just reading over some stuff right here. Um, apparently, this story is pretty key. So that what they say is we're building a memorial. We're not building an altar. Like, they know that the altar of the Lord is the altar of the Lord. You can't move that sucker. It stays right where it is. So apparently this story became very important to nations like the nation of Israel in exile. So that they they remembered this story of how you can't just, like, build up some new altar somewhere. Mm. So it meant, like, you can't just... You can't just move God to Babylon. Like, it's very important that we return home because mm. home is where we want to worship the Lord in the place that he chose. Interesting. So I, I do really appreciate you pointing out memorials because I think if there is, there's several themes that we can pick out of what we've read, like, since Genesis. But memorial is definitely one of those themes. Like, there are several, several times when the Israelites are told to, like, Build this so that you don't forget. Do this so that you don't forget. Eat this so you don't forget. Like there are so many things that are supposed to memorialize memorialize their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty important. And even here, um, as yeah, as Joshua is kind of wrapping up, he gives kind of his like closing speech. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of memorial in that. Like, don't forget who you are. Mm-hmm. Don't forget who God is. Mm-hmm. This is very important for you moving forward. Uh, then we get this. Renewal of the covenant, which is very interesting because Joshua is basically like if, if you've, if you've been in church for a long time, if you've, you know, done Bible studies and all that kind of stuff, like you probably recognize this as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's this, it's this. That's in every Hobby Lobby in four different fonts. There you go. So mm-hmm. whichever font you want, put it over your dining room table. You'll yeah. fit in with literally everybody else, unless you pick the word gather, which is what we have. <laughs> so, uh, that line is part of this like covenant renewal, which is pretty interesting because what got my attention is Joshua is like, hey, do you love the Lord? And they're like, yes, we love the Lord. Do you actually love the Lord? Yes, we love the Lord. And he's like, then if you actually do love the Lord, get rid of all your stupid idols that you're hiding. And they're like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, well. He says, he warns him. He says like, hey, you can't have these idols. They're not good for you. And they go, no, we're going to serve the Lord. And he's like, okay, You've chosen to serve the Lord. Like the rocks can hear you. Let them be a witness. Like, just so you know, you know what you said. And they're like, yeah, let it be a witness. And he's like, okay, then destroy the idols among you and turn your hearts to the Lord. And they're like, okay, we'll serve the Lord. And then that was that. But they never said, okay, we'll do the, we'll get rid of the idols. There's no action that supports their words. That's actually what sticks out to me. Like they, they should have brought those suckers out of the tents. One, where did they come from? Apparently they've been with them for a bit. Two, why is there not some kind of like mass destruction of idolatry at this moment? Because you have this ringing endorsement of serving God, but there is no mention of like, what did they do with these idols? So it gets my attention because you get, you get this first story of like, we want to worship God the right mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. And then the next story that's like, and we have all these secret idols hidden in our tents. <laughs> yes. And all they do is say, we're going to serve the Lord, but they don't say, 
And we're going to get rid of everything that yeah, doesn't they, honor him. They don't. They Do don't. you think Joshua was just tired at this point? <laughs> like, he just, he literally is like, okay, so he made a covenant and then he does. He threatens them with the rock. He's like, hey, this stone hurt everything you said. I do love that. <laughs> I love this picture of this guy that's just about to like, look, he's been on a journey with these people. And I feel like he's just like, I'm going to leave the rock in charge. I got to go. Like <laughs> this, this is the end of Joshua. We're going to enter into judges. Judges is a pretty dark period. Mm. And so I think if, as this of like the epilogue of Joshua, like it, it should actually leave you like unsettled. Yeah. Cause it's like, something's not right. Yeah. And judges is going to be like, yep. That way you felt you were right. <laughs> Something's not right. Um, because they 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 say they're going to do it and they never actually do it. And it turns out that we learn that faith without deeds is dead. Yeah. And faith that is, um, you know, trying to add Jesus. I, I tell the story. I wrote it um, in this and we have a five day devotional that we give out to new believers here. And so one of the stories I wrote in there was about when Juniper, my youngest, was told to go put on her pajamas. She just threw her pajamas on top of her clothes that she had worn all day that were disgusting. And I said to her, like, hey, that's not how we do it. Like, we actually take the old stuff off and put the new stuff on. And I think in this story, it's like they're trying to put the new thing over top of the old thing without getting rid of the old thing. And that's not how it works. Like when when we say we serve God and love God, that's that's the end of that sentence. When I say put your PJs on, I mean just like actually just only wear your PJs, not all the garbage you had on all day. And so I think what's happening is these people want to carry the garbage that they've had. They want to put God on top of that. And they think like, cool, I'll have both things. But then like you're saying, this is setting us up for something unsettling. It's like... What does that mean for me as I reflect on this and I ask, like, what is God asking? Is God asking me just to say, like, yeah, God, I love you and I will serve you? Like, that's cool. I'm sure he likes when I say that. But does he if I'm not willing to get rid of, like, the garbage I've been carrying around? And why does he want me to get rid of that? Is it because he – um what like, what does it say about God? Like, what does he care most about? And I think he cares so much about us living in holiness and living in purity and all of that. And I mean, purity in the sense of like pure motives, like we were talking about before, like the, these, these like clean hands before God, because he knows it's what's best for us as well. It's not just about like, okay, prove to me that you'll get rid of anything. Prove to me that you'll get rid of um, all the idols. It's no, I know this is good for your soul. So like, I want you to do this. And I think that's the part of God that comes through to me in these stories. Um, but setting it up for judges coming next, like the way you just said that of like, we should be unsettled by this story. We should be unsettled by having two different things in our lives that, that actually aren't congruent. So the, this book wraps up, um, with this really interesting line. It got my attention and I just did a little bit of extra reading about it. So verse 32, Joshua 24, 32, the bones of Joseph, which the Israelites had brought along with them when they left Egypt were buried at Shechem. It's like, oh, why is he, why is the author go like out of his way to talk about Joseph? It's so that we get this full picture. Like we learned about Joseph all the way back in Genesis. We've walked a lot of history since Joseph, but the, the writer of Joshua is now putting the cap on this story of like, there was a time when Abraham had no descendants. He got a promise from God that he would have descendants in a place to live. Now we see they've moved into the place to live. There's, they're everywhere. There's lots of them. They're in a huge area of land and Joseph's bones are still there. It's pretty interesting. Like I, I actually really like pulling it all together. Yeah. And they lived happily ever after. 
Always, always end a story with talking about where people's bones are buried. I think that that leaves you with a feel-good feeling. Less, less, mo- more movies should have that. <laughs> just, just the bones out in the field? <laughs> sure, why not? We're just coming full circle. Yo, I forgot to say one thing, though, yeah. um, that I really liked. When they're in, when we're talking about, uh, like, the land that they're living in, uh, it gets pointed out. Uh, and I think it's kind of important. Maybe not, but it stands out to me. It's like, hey, just so you know, you have all these things that you actually aren't even responsible for. Um, you live in a town that you didn't build. You have plants that you didn't grow. Um, you have you live in a place that you have victory that you didn't raise one sword to get, you know? And I think, like, interesting. Why do you need to tell them that? And... And what about that? It's grace, right? It's grace. It's like you have this gift, not because you're awesome, not because of how you listen to me perfectly, just because I wanted to give you something that's not actually yours in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, that this that those passages they stick out to me like crazy because there was a like a commissioning for a ministry that I like really cared about, and the new guy taking over it read those verses. Mm. He's like, "Hey, this is this is how I'm walking into this place. These are houses that I didn't build." Mm-hmm. These are lives that I didn't shape, and I promise to steward them well. And that's beautiful. It's really cool. What happens after this whole thing gets pointed out is that people don't get rid of their idols. Yep, they so, don't. So they he's don't. like, hey, you have all this stuff that's just a, liter- a literal gift to you. It's an amazing gift that mm-hmm. they do not deserve. Yeah, and I don't and think they grasp the weight of it. I don't think they get it. And I think it's I, it's a little bit of an allusion to Christ, I think. And I, I don't want to find you know, Jesus under every rock in the Old Testament, but... Why wouldn't it, you want to find Jesus it, there, Ryan? <laughs> there he is. Hi. <laughs> uh, you can. You can take all kinds of stories and like bend over backwards and be like, and Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to me to find these stories about grace that show that God's heart is gracious. Mm-hmm. So we talked about God being a God of justice. God has a heart of grace that says like, I love you so much. This is yours. You didn't build it. You didn't work for it. You didn't spend one hour preparing it. It's yours. Yeah. So that's like we come out of this old life. We walk into this new life. None of it is because of what we did. It's all because of what God has already done before us. And he's a God that does it anyway. He knows these people have these idols. He's He knows that already. And yeah. guess what? He gives it to them anyway. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Super cool. I know. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will catch you again tomorrow as we enter into Judges. Bye, everyone. See ya. Joshua 22. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, You have done as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and you have obeyed every order I have given you. During all this time, you have not deserted the other tribes. You have been careful to obey the Lord your the commands of the Lord your God right up to the present day. And now the Lord your God has given the other tribes rest as he promised them. So go back home to the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you as your possession on the east side of the Jordan River. But be very careful to obey all the commands and the instructions that Moses gave to you. Love the Lord your God, walk in all his ways, obey his commands, hold firmly to him, and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went home. Moses had given the land of Bashan east of the Jordan River to the half-tribe of Manasseh. The other half of the tribe was given land west of the Jordan. As Joshua sent them away and blessed them, he said to them, Go back to your homes with the great wealth you have taken from your enemies, the vast herds of livestock, the silver, gold, bronze, and iron, and the large supply of clothing. 
share the plunder with your relatives. So the men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh left the rest of Israel at Shiloh in the land of Canaan. They started the journey back to their own land of Gilead, the territory that belonged to them according to the Lord's command through Moses. But while they were still in Canaan, and when they came to a place called Geliloth, Near the Jordan River, the men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh stopped to build a large and imposing altar. The rest of Israel heard that the people of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh had built an altar at Geliloth, at the edge of the land of Canaan, on the west side of the Jordan River. So the whole community of Israel gathered at Shiloh and prepared to go to war against them. First, however, they sent a delegation led by Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, to talk with the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. In this delegation were ten leaders of Israel, one from each of the ten tribes, and each the head of his family within the clans of Israel. When they arrived in the land of Gilead, they said to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, The whole community of the Lord demands to know why you are betraying the God of Israel. How could you turn away from the Lord and build an altar for yourselves in rebellion against him? Was our sin at Peor not enough? To this day, we are not fully cleansed of it, even after the plague that struck the entire community of the Lord. And yet today you are turning away from following the Lord. If you rebel against the Lord today, he will be angry with all of us tomorrow. If you need the altar because the land you possess is defiled, then join us in the Lord's land where the tabernacle of the Lord is situated and share our land with us. But do not rebel against the Lord or against us by building an altar other than the one true altar of the Lord our God. Didn't divine anger fall on the entire community of Israel when Achan, a member of the clan of Zerah, sinned by stealing the things set apart for the Lord? He was not the only one who died because of his sin. Then the people of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh answered the heads of the clans of Israel. The Lord, the mighty one, is God. The Lord, the mighty one, is God. He knows the truth, and may Israel know it too. We have not built the altar in treacherous rebellion against the Lord. If we have done so, do not spare our lives this day. If we have built an altar for ourselves to turn away from the Lord or to offer burnt offerings or grain offerings or peace offerings, may the Lord himself punish us. The truth is, we have built this altar because we fear that in the future your descendants will say to ours, What right do you have to worship the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has placed the Jordan River as a barrier between our people and you people of Reuben and Gad. You have no claim to the Lord, so your descendants may prevent our descendants from worshiping the Lord. So we decided to build the altar not for burnt offerings or sacrifices, but as a memorial. It will remind our descendants and your descendants that we too have the right to worship the Lord at a sanctuary with our burnt offerings, sacrifices, and peace offerings. Then your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no claim to the Lord. If they say this, our descendants can reply, Look at this copy of the Lord's altar that our ancestors made. It is not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. It is a reminder of the relationship both of us have with the Lord. Far be it from us to rebel against the Lord or turn away from Him by building our own altar for burnt offerings, grain offerings, or sacrifices. Only the altar of the Lord our God that stands in front of the tabernacle may be used for that purpose." When Phinehas, the priest, and the leaders of the community, the heads of the clans of Israel, heard this from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they were satisfied. Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, replied to them, Today we know the Lord is among us because you have not committed this treachery against the Lord as we thought. Instead, you have rescued Israel from being destroyed by the hand of the Lord. Then Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, and the other leaders left the tribes of Reuben and Gad and Gilead and returned to the land of Canaan to tell the Israelites what had happened. And all the Israelites were satisfied and praised God and spoke no more of war against Reuben and Gad. The people of Reuben and Gad named the altar witness, for they said, it is a witness between us and them that the Lord is our God too. 
The years passed and the Lord had given the people of Israel rest from all their enemies. Joshua, who was now very old, called together all the elders, leaders, judges, and officers of Israel. He said to them, I am now a very old man. You have seen everything the Lord your God has done for you during my lifetime. The Lord your God has fought for you against your enemies. I have allotted to you as your homeland all the land of the nations yet unconquered, as well as the land of those we have already conquered, from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. This land will be yours, for the Lord your God will himself drive out all the people living there now. You will take possession of their land just as the Lord your God promised you. So be very careful to follow everything Moses wrote in the book of instruction. Do not deviate from it, turning either to the right or to the left. Make sure you do not associate with the other people still remaining in the land. Do not even mention the names of their gods, much less swear by them or serve them or worship them. Rather, cling tightly to the Lord your God as you have done until now. For the Lord has driven out great and powerful nations for you, and no one has yet been able to defeat you. Each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy, for the Lord your God fights for you just as he has promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away from him and cling to the customs of the survivors of these nations remaining among you, and if you intermarry with them, then know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive them out of your land. Instead, they will be a snare and a trap to you, a whip for your backs and thorny brambles in your eyes, and you will vanish from this good land the Lord your God has given you. Soon I will die, going the way of everything on earth. Deep in your hearts, you know that every promise of the Lord your God has come true. Not a single one has failed. But as surely as the Lord your God has given you the good things he promised, he will also bring disaster on you if you disobey him. He will completely destroy you from this good land he has given you. If you break the covenant of the Lord your God by worshiping and serving other gods, his anger will burn against you and you will quickly vanish from the good land he has given you. Then Joshua summoned all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, including their elders, leaders, judges, and officers. So they came and presented themselves to God. Joshua said to the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshipped other gods. But I took your ancestor Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him into the land of Canaan. I gave him many descendants through his son Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir, while Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I brought terrible plagues on Egypt, and afterwards I brought you out as a free people. But when your ancestors arrived at the Red Sea, the Egyptians chased after you with chariots and charioteers. When your ancestors cried out to the Lord, I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crushing down on the Egyptians, drowning them. With your very own eyes you saw what I did. Then you lived in the wilderness for many years. Finally, I brought you into the land of the Amorites on the east side of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I destroyed them before you. I gave you victory over them, and I took possession of their land. Then Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, started a war against Israel. He summoned Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to him. Instead, I made Balaam bless you, and so I rescued you from Balak. When you crossed the Jordan River, you came to Jericho. The men of Jericho fought against you, as did the Amorites, Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. But I gave you victory over them, and I sent terror ahead of you to drive out the two kings of the Amorites. It was not your swords or bows that brought you victory. I gave you land you had not worked on, and I gave you towns you did not build. The towns where you are now living, I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. 
So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. The people replied, We would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods, for the Lord our God is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes. As we traveled through the wilderness among our enemies, he preserved us. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too too will serve the Lord, for he alone is our God. Then Joshua warned the people, You are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy and jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you abandon the Lord and serve other gods, he will turn against you and destroy you, even though he has been so good to you. But the people answered Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. You are a witness to your own decision, Joshua said. You have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, they replied. We are witnesses to what we have said. All right, then, Joshua said, destroy the idols among you and turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God. We will obey him alone. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day at Shechem, committing them to follow the decrees and regulations of the Lord. Joshua recorded these things in the book of God's instructions. As a reminder of their agreement, he took a huge stone and rolled it beneath the terebinth tree beside the tabernacle of the Lord. Joshua said to all the people, This stone has heard everything the Lord said to us. It will be a witness to testify against you if you go back on your word to God. Then Joshua sent all the people away to their own homelands. After this, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land where he had been allocated, at Timnath-Sirah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gosh. The people of Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him, those who had personally experienced all that the Lord had done for Israel. The bones of Joseph, which the Israelites had brought along with them when they left Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the plot of land Jacob had bought from the sons of Hamor for a hundred pieces of silver. This land was located in the territory allotted to the descendants of Joseph. Eleazar, son of Aaron, also died. He was buried in the hill country of Ephraim and in the town of Gibeah, which had been given to his son Phinehas. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.